We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Care who they are, how much money they got, or where they come from, we always make a promise to our guest speakers. And this is it. Say this with me. Brother Avant, if you will preach the truth, I will help you. And give Brother Jason Avant and the Lord a big hand clap. And everybody in the house, Lord, with breath, shout hallelujah. Singing that, I'll sing hallelujah, hallelujah. Leaned over to a brother and I said, You know, if that's all you got, that's all you need. If hallelujah is the highest praise, and when we enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts of praise, and we're thankful unto him and we bless his name, sometimes you don't have enough poetic poising and positioning to release this great, profound except for that one word, hallelujah, and heaven stands at attention. One man said, if hallelujah is the highest praise, and it is, and if we believe there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe in, tremble. I wonder if you could, for just a moment, position your faith that if right now, hallelujah, was a war cry, If you could just put in the chamber of your mind every adverse situation you're dealing with. I wonder if for just a moment, if you are releasing a hallelujah, you can let hell know I'm not going anywhere until the victory is in my hand. Come on, I believe you can shout a little better than that. Blind eyes can be opened. Hallelujah. Deaf ears can be unstopped. Hallelujah. Come on, Life Point. Would you clap your hands if you believe it this morning? Would you give God that great praise in advance for the wonderful things that only He can do? I don't know what you're waiting on, but I believe the Holy Ghost is here. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You can praise Him right now and be advanced in your worship. Come on. Lift your voice if you believe God can do a breakthrough miracle. I have not seen, you have not heard. What a mighty God we serve. Come on, lift your voice and praise Him again. Come on, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together right now. Somebody ought to run the aisles in victory right now. Somebody ought to loose yourself and give God a praise. If you feel like jumping, you feel like spinning, whatever you got to do, I declare it right now, God is for us. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. 
book of Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, verse 25. I hasten to a text. I, I won't finish today. I can feel it already. So I'm just going to give you what I got and let you do with it what you got to do. Is that all right? I promise to preach truth. I don't know any other thing except for one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Everybody ought to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, and transition your type of language and speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Hey, ain't no party like a holy, huh? Homie don't play, she knows. Come on now. Where I come from, it's just straight up. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. I don't know. I'm just a little crazy boy from Florida. And uh, thank you, Pastor Hathcock, for having me today. My wife and beautiful children are at home. The Lord's done a great miracle in her body. I'll give you just a quick summary about this. Um, there's a reason why she's not here. I normally like to prefer to travel with my family. I preach better when she's here, so I think she's walk, watching online right now. So that's one fine lady wherever she's at. That camera, this camera, that one. Hallelujah. My God. I love all y'all. So how's that? But we uh, were blessed in five years of marriage after inf uh, infertility that we adopted a baby boy in London. And I've always known that I was a black man trapped in a white man's body. And so the Lord gave me a biracial son. Somebody say yes. So, yeah, he brings it out. Can I say that? Is that all right if I say that? Because in God's kingdom, it's not about black and white. We all bleed red. So, my little boy, London, that God gave him to us almost 11 years ago. And after, after um, a terrible loss, my wife actually conceived a child, and at 20 weeks, we lost our baby girl. But eight months ago, God blessed us with a beautiful little girl named Sparrow Joy. And so I got a 10-year-old London Isaac, an eight-month-old Sparrow Joy. And I don't know how this keeps happening, but my wife's about to give birth again to a little boy. The Lord just touched her body. And if you need a miracle, you're in the right place at the right time with the right God. You may not want another child, but God can touch your health. God can touch your mind. God can touch your soul. Anybody need the Lord to touch them today? Praise God. So that's why I'm flying solo, but I love my family, my beautiful wife, Michael. Daniel chapter 3, I'm here to preach and not give you a soapbox. Daniel chapter 3, verse 24. And then Nebuchadnezzar the king was a stony. This, this means in one translation, shocked or astonished. And rose up in haste and spake and said to the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound? Into the midst of fire, they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. Everybody say the midst. Verse 25, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose. Huh. No wonder he was shocked. Walking in the midst of the fire. Somebody shout the midst. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. It's interesting that when you take a stand and not a seat, he's going to show up for you. And I want to preach for just a little bit today on this subject, the middle. Everybody say the middle. 
Come on, slap your neighbor, high five, and say, God is in the middle. Come on, God is in the middle. God is in the middle. Are you ready for it today? Have you come expecting God to do great wonders beyond what he's already done right now? Why don't we lay our Bibles down, lift up our hands, and let's pray that God's word will set on this house today. Father, we thank you for the preaching of your word. I, God, have no ability within my flesh, but I'm depending on the anointing of your spirit. I'm asking you today, Jesus, let this word that is already anointed, your word is forever set on the heaven. It's unadulterated. It's full of power and full of life. Let it energize us, strengthen us, and engage us, O oh Lord, because we know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. This word will carry us be a lamp unto our feet and to light into our path and we thank you for it and give you great praise and somebody clap your hands joyfully and give God a shout of praise one more time hallelujah you may be seated the Hathcock is doing a wonderful job leading the men of the North Texas District, and I give honor to him for the time that he has served and invested, and this is a mighty man of God, and you are blessed to have him as your pastor and his beautiful family. I believe, I emphatically believe that our enemy has an agenda. And uh, that agenda is first and foremost against the church, against the body, or as we refer to you and I as the bride of Christ. And scripture calls him the accuser of the brethren. You know as well as I that he cometh not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy and scripture warns us that we ought to be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, let me cancel the culture of your mind today. It calls this wily, wicked one as a, he's not a lion, he's an imposture. There's only one lion, and he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so while the devil is trying to be an imitation, provoking intimidation, we have some better truth to stand upon that if God be for us, who can be against us? There isn't another foe like him and shockingly there are those who would dare say that we should not talk about the devil, that, that we shouldn't even reference him because, because we have been taught for years that the adversary has the ability to impose certain things upon our lives. And some of us, if not most of us, have been taught throughout our years that anything bad which happens to us in life is the devil. If our finances are in shambles, it's the devil. If our body is sick and afflicted, it's, the, it's, that, it's that old devil again. If the tire was flat on your way to work, and dear God, if grandma burnt the biscuits, it's just. But don't mess with the chocolate gravy. Don't mess with that. Please don't. And sausage and biscuits and gravy. You know, do I look like the type of guy that doesn't like to eat or what? 
We have to ask ourselves, does the devil really have that ability? Let me go ahead and remind you that we give far too much credit to the devil and God gets too little glory because the devil can't. You think if the devil had the power to kill you, you would have already been buried six feet under. He doesn't have that power right now, and he never will. But there is one who holds the keys to everything. His name is Jesus, and he alone is the author and the finisher of our faith. Here's what Luke tells us. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. There is a plan at work of life in you, child of God. It's the plan of the Lord. He said, I thought my mind's view of you was thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. We serve a mighty God. We serve a powerful God. There is no shadow of his turning. He is the God that loves you so much that he died upon Calvary's cross but he said if you destroy this temple in three days I need a witness in the house today if it had not been for the Lord on my side where would I because he lives we can face tomorrow because he's alive we can be alive in him Nothing that God does is by happenstance or mere accident. God always has a plan. He always has a purpose. Here's what Paul says in 2 Timothy 3.16, that all scripture is given by inspiration of whom? God. Somebody shout God. God. And it's profitable for doctrine. I want to say not only is it profitable for doctrine, not only is it placed in our lives for such a time as this. But the way this entire Bible is orchestrated and positioned is quite amazing if you think about it. Did you know that the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 119? And that the shortest chapter is Psalm 117. So what does that leave between 117 and 119? 118. Did you get that? That might hit at lunch on Wednesday, Pastor. Now listen, I want to lay a foundation. I believe the Lord's going to move. But here, in the middle between 117 and 119 is Psalm 118. Many believe that this is the central place in the Bible. Hear me today. Some say it's just an urban legend. But did you know that before Psalm 118, there are 594 chapters before Psalm 118. And if you do the math, right after Psalm 118, there's 594 chapters. When you add that together, it is this, 1,188 chapters before and after combined of Psalm 118. But here's what Psalm 118 verse 8 has to say. Psalm 1188. It tells us this, ladies and gentlemen, that it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's in the middle of life's situations that God drops this little word that you cannot lean into your own understanding, but in all of thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. I want to tell somebody.
Hear me today. I want to tell somebody on this Sunday morning, if you try to figure it out all by yourself, you're going to be discouraged and disappointed. But if you'll let your faith lean upon the Lord, I promise you, he'll never leave you. Hear me today. He'll never forsake you. He will always be with you. And it's going to be right in the middle. I need somebody right now that's going through a trial of your faith to stand up and throw your hands up and say, I don't have the answers, but I invite you, Lord, to be in the middle. Come right here in the center of my situation. Lord Jesus, be the center of it all. Come on, lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on from front to back and side to side. Lift your voice with your hands right now. I want God to invade this tabernacle. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. God is not slack concerning his promises. In him his word is yea and amen. He can do the impossible in your life. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I really want to tell somebody today in the Holy Ghost that you're not here by accident. This is a divine appointment of heaven that you've come to this house in this moment right now. Hear this crazy preacher from St. Louis, Missouri. I've come to encourage you in the Lord. You're going to make it. Come on. God has great plans for your life. It may not seem like it this moment because you're surrounded by adversity. You're surrounded by pain and you're afflicted in your body. Your mind is at war. I just want to cancel the culture. It's not God's will that you end your life with suicide. It's not, I feel the Holy Ghost. It's not his will that you depend more on your medications than the mercy of God. I'm not against the medications, but I'm all for God's mercy and all for God's grace. I'm preaching to somebody today. Lift your eyes on to Jesus. Come on, if you're going through marriage troubles, he's in the middle of it. If you're in pain, he's in the middle. Is there anybody in the house that's ever had God's help? You can say, he was faithful. He never left me. He was always right with me in the middle. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Always been there. He's never left me by myself, my brother. You've come too late to tell me that God doesn't care about me. You've come too late, my brothers and sisters, to tell me that it's past beyond God's grace. When I walk with him in the spirit, when I've got his presence on my life, he's just as close as the mention of his name. At the name of Jesus, demons tremble. At at the name of Jesus, you can declare war over your family, over your situation. You can say, Satan, get thee behind me. God is on my side. <laughs> lift your hands and let the Lord together right now, shall we? Come on, lift your voice and magnify him. I'll get back to my text in just a moment, but I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Lift your hands one more time. 
Lift your voices wherever you are. Raise your voice higher than your hands. Let God arise. Let enemies be scattered right now in Jesus' name. God's never failed me. God's never left me alone. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout yes. The half cock, I, <clears throat> my God. Not sure why I'm going this direction right now, but I, I survived some terrible trials when I was a young boy. My, uh, my family wasn't raised in church primarily. My mom and dad were married, both stoned and drunk at their wedding, broke out in a big fight reception. My dad was always riddled by the addiction of drugs and alcohol. Raised in a dysfunctional family. My mom and dad divorced, so I come from a broken home. I've always wanted to be in the ministry. I've always wanted to preach. I was checking in my hotel yesterday, and the little gal behind the desk said, what are you here for? And I told her I was here for meeting with a bunch of preachers. She goes, oh, that should be interesting. I said, oh, it will be. <laughs> we have a great time. She said, how old are you? I said, how old do you think I am? She said, I don't know, about 29 I said, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Because I'm going to be 42 this year. And uh, my youngest boy, Oxley, when he's born, it'll be this June. That means I'm going to be 60 when he graduates high school. The struggle is real. And I, I made a commitment to the Lord a long time ago that I refuse to let... Any spirits of my father's traits to leech itself to my life. I believe in generational curses. I do believe in that. But did you know the only way for you to break a generational curse is to make a generational choice? Is this all right? I, I had my own issues in life. I've... I've not always been perfect, okay? In fact, would the perfect people please stand up right now? I just, uh, yeah, I, I saw y'all sit down real fast. I bet your family knows too, you know? I'm just, I'm kidding. I should sit down with everybody else right now. We all have this thing in life called the past, the present, and the future. And the decisions I make right now in the middle of where I'm presently living will dictate whether God blesses me or he curses me. He said in Deuteronomy, I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursing, good and evil. It's like an open book exam. Those are my favorite tests in school because the answers were in the book. And he said, therefore, choose life that thou and thy seed may live and multiply. You cannot have a blessed life if you keep leaning on the crutch of the generational curses in your life. You have to make up your mind today. For God, I live. Come on.
choose, they said it in Daniel, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. They said, as for me and my house, I've made up my mind. Just because my dad had mistakes doesn't mean I've got to fall prey to those same curses. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. And behold, is there witness in the house? You've come from situations, but he kept you in the middle. He never left you alone. He was always with you. My mom and my dad, they, they divorced from each other. And so, so many trials and situations happened. But, but this coming October, after 20 years of my mom and dad being divorced, this coming October, Pastor Hathcock, they're going to celebrate eight years of being remarried together in Jesus' name. This, this, this month, right now, January, is nine years that my dad has been drug-free and alcohol-free. God's always been, even when it doesn't look like it, he's in the middle. Even when you're like Job, I look to the left, I look all around me to the right, I can't find him. Guess where he is? He's right in the middle. He's in the center of it all. I want to tell you, God still delivers drug addicts. God still cleans up the alcoholics. God still sets free the prostitutes. God still, I God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You're here because God is still in the middle of it all. He's in the middle of your life. He's in the center of your life. He's in control of everything. He's got the whole world in his hand. So it would be foolish of me not to look at this beautiful story in Daniel chapter 3 that I've heard all my life about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who knew their God was the only true God. And they were faced with a temptation and a trial they've never had before. Do you bow to false God or do you stand before the living, true God? I'm preaching truth like he asked me to do. Is there a witness in the house that God's never failed you? Oh, Hallelujah. They said, we refuse to bow, Nebuchadnezzar. And he said, turn up the heat seven times harder. One time would have been enough to kill them. Two times would have been enough to do the job. But when he dialed the number seven up, he dialed heaven's hotline. God's perfect number is seven. He can't do me nothing, nothing but good is what the old songwriter said. And I'm going to tell somebody today that when you've got God's attention, that means all of heaven stands in authority and says, hang on, hang, listen, my kids are calling my name. They're in a fiery trial. You know what the Bible says, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try as though some strange thing, but rejoice. If you're in a fiery trial, God is putting his stamp of approval upon your life because he never allows you to deal with more than what you can bear. So if you've got pain, he's got confidence that it's going to be all right. If you've got hurt, it's confidence that God is going to pull you through it. Why? Because when you stand for God, he stands right in the middle. Yes, sir. Here I am. My kids need my attention. Here's where we get the statement, for God I live and for God I die. These three Hebrew boys made the statement. 
whether God delivers us from it or in it. Whether we walk out alive or they scoop up our ashes from inside, we refuse to bow to the pressure of this world. And therefore, we will make a declaration that whether he does or he does not, we still trust him. But you know the end of the story, Pastor. When he looked in and said, Lo, I thought we threw him three midst in that fire locked up in bonds and stocks. And now I'm looking, hang on, there's four and they're loose. Bring them out of there. He was shocked that they didn't smell like it. Uh, they didn't feel like it. They didn't look like it. Some of you need to tell the devil, I don't look like what I've been through. Uh, I'm still here right now. Uh, and this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Somebody say this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. You better believe the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Jesus, I never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you said me. What are you talking about? It's crazy. You gotta have crazy faith living in a crazy world. You've got to get your hopes up. You've got to get your faith up. Whether I die serving in the fire or I die outside rejoicing out of the flame, he's still worthy of it all. God's worthy of every praise. Worthy of every acclamation of faith. I need some bold people right now in the Holy Ghost that have been in the fight of your life to say, you know what? He's been too good for me to turn my back on him now. Because when you see me, it looks like I got it all together. But you don't know like I know what he's done for me. When I think, come on, for some of y'all, for some of y'all, it's just a set of words and lyrics. For this old boy, it's my lifestyle. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He could have let me die in my trial, but he brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock. Come on, somebody. Come on, saint of God. Lift your voice right now. Prophesy over your situation. God is with me in the middle. I don't know what you're waiting for, but God is here. God is in the midst of us right now. Come on, get your sword. Get your faith raised up. I'm going to make it. I'm going to survive this situation in my life. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Are we okay? This all right? I'll come back another time and do better. I promise you. I'm just kind of all over the place right now. But I need you to understand something. Nowhere did God promise to bring them out. Nowhere did he promise that. He never said, well, if you're going that fire, I'll pull you out safe and sound. No, he didn't give him that promise. You know, that leads me to leave, ladies and gentlemen, my precious brothers and sisters in the Lord. <laughs> when God did not help them from the fire, he helped them in the fire. Huh? In the middle of the fire. In the middle of the fire. Yeah. So you know what that tells me, my brother? He didn't keep me from the situation. He kept me in the situation. Not from the surroundings that I live with, but in the surroundings I deal with. Now, oh, hallelujah. Not from the circumstances of my life, but in the middle of my circumstances. This is reckoned with some of your theology because you thought God would keep you safe. No, he always promised that he'd be with you. He may not have delivered you from the problems you've dealt with, but he kept you in the middle of those problems. I got about 12 more pages of notes, but I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost lifting off of me, asking you to lift your hands and pray right now. This is your service. Lift your hands. Lift your voice right now. I'm praying that God would transfer what I feel in this house all over my body into your hands and your hearts right now. Somebody lift your hands and be sensitive to the Holy Ghost right now. Hear me. Hear me. Listen. Listen, I was in a service a few months ago, much like where we're at right now. You're wondering, what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go from here? Let me share with you the word that the Lord gave to our congregation when I was preaching after I finished. I didn't know how to close it out. I didn't know what to do. There was a man of God in our church that I trust. and He walked up to the pastor. He said, I have a word from God. Can I share it? And he said, go tell him the amen. And so I... I believe that the anointing of God rests on multiple people. So I kindly said, here's the microphone. Do what you feel is best. He stood in the pulpit and said that God gave him a vision on Saturday evening. As he was sleeping, he woke up because he felt God calling him to prayer. And as he was praying, he saw the faces of people in our congregation praying, weeping. And then he said, I started laughing. And I asked the Lord, why am I laughing? He said, because with great victory comes great joy. And, and in that 
in that message, I, I, I felt the need to call out the pastor's father as a quick moment of encouragement. This, this man's been on a, on a list for liver transplant for many years and, and, and many multiple failed attempts. They would call him. He would get to the hospital. They found out he was either too tall or the liver wasn't going to fit in his body because there's three categories. I never knew that. But you can be too tall for somebody else's liver when they're an organ donor. Did you know that? Well, you just learned something cool today, didn't you? I told the man, I said, but the bachelor, in and out of hospital visits through worrying and wondering, you've had a friend sticking closer than a brother. And God has been with you in the middle of it all. And, and after I'd said that, this, this, this man that talked about with great victory comes great joy, he, he said, and when I pulled up to the church parking lot this morning, I got out of my vehicle and he said, I saw that vision again. And he said, this time, this time, I saw people weeping, not tears of sorrow, but tears of joy. He said, the Lord sent me here to tell you, and I feel released in the Holy Ghost to tell LifePoint this message right now. Hear me today. The things that you have been praying for that have seemed to be lasting a lifetime and taking a long while to come to pass, God is about to speed up the process. And what's been, hear me, what's been a matter of years will become a matter of moments. That's a word for somebody today in this house. You know, you know what happened? You know what happened? When church was dismissed, I went to eat with Pastor Baxter, his dad, his family, and all of them. We're sitting across the table from each other at this great Mexican restaurant. I'm enjoying my meal and fellowship, and I had no clue that three and a half hours later, I'd get a text message that said, hey, God sped the process up, and my dad's going in for surgery for liver transplant right now. I remind you once again, precious people of God, the Lord is still on the throne. And he still works miracles. So to those of you that have been crying yourself to sleep at night, weeping tears of sorrow, I'm going to tell you what's been a matter of years is about to become a matter of moments. And I believe that God can reach down that hospital room and touch that precious head of yours. In fact, I dare you to stretch your hands high and believe whether God can do it right now or tomorrow. We just believe that God will do what he wants to do. Lord, go in that room right now and touch that body in Jesus' name. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. So here's where we're at today. I'm finished. Here's where we're at today. There's obviously needs in the house. Otherwise, I would not have felt pushed to preach this message today. Oh, I just have to ask you a question. What are you waiting for? Not what kind of miracle are you waiting for? What kind of answer? I'm just asking, why are you waiting to receive it and praise God in advance for it? With 
great victory comes great joy. Either he is the God that turns our morning to dancing or he is not a God. But I've seen it way too many times that he has always been faithful. Always been faithful. So I'm inviting everybody in this house right now that has a need in your life to make your way. I don't want you to come down here kneeling. I want you to come down here with your hands held high and surrender today. Is this all right with everybody? Do you like me still? Are we, okay? are we friends still? I know this is our first date. I hope it's not our last. Sorry for that shameless plug. But I encourage you, whatever you need, come. That's right, my dear sister. Come with those hands held high. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. Our God is a way maker.